Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Paul Deemer and I am the Head of Diversity and Inclusion at NHS Employers. In this podcast, we will be looking back at our Diversity and Inclusion Annual Conference 2017 and exploring the main themes we covered. Diversity, collaboration and innovation. We'll do this by listening to some of our keynote speakers at the conference who took one of the main themes and shared their own perspective on it. Firstly, we'll hear from Diversity Dude, Michael Bark, the founder and CEO of the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion. So what that means is that when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, what we're talking about is including difference. It does not say different. Michael explores the concept of diversity for us and highlights how the use of data can help us to achieve a fully diverse workforce. The conversation around diversity and inclusion in Canada... So how you can build the case for diversity and inclusion at NHS is, is really about uh, the data. What do the, the patients, what the citizenry of, of the UK look like and reflect that against the demographics of the population that work for the NHS because ultimately the goal should be um, you hire the, the available talent, the available talent is who are the people that live in this country. Um, If it's not reflective, then you have to have a plan in order to address that. Building the business case for diversity at the NHS, uh, I think really needs to be about the numbers. I'm I'm a big fan of of data. Um, We talk about we need to hire more women, we need to promote more ethnic minorities. That's great. Why? What is the reasoning behind that? And there's lots of data available that will show that case. Um, It's just a matter of compiling it and then um, presenting it in a narrative that really uh, speaks to the reasoning as to why the NHS should focus on this conversation. So how can you develop an approach that uh, doesn't alienate um, and divide is to focus on the inclusion, not on the diversity. So... What I mean by that is we we can't ignore the diversity. We need to uh, make sure we're counting and we recognize who our people are. Um, But make sure that when we're talking about diversity, we're talking about all people, and that includes straight, white, able-bodied men, because they are, by definition, as diverse as I am as a person who lives with a disability and who's gay. Um, They are important to include in the conversation because they tend to be in positions of leadership. Um, We find the, in our experience with our employers, where there is conflict is often where it is very much the social justice model of diversity and inclusion of, of, you know, a man must lose for a woman to gain. And then what happens ultimately is the men are, are consciously or subconsciously objecting to the entire conversation and shutting it down because they are, of course, in positions of leadership. So um, when, you, when we recognize that we're talking about all people, we're talking about what's good for the NHS, what's good for the patients of the NHS, um, then everyone's included in that conversation and therefore we're all working together towards a greater good. This isn't about white men losing, it's about everyone gaining. 
There's a number of ways that you can measure success around diversity and inclusion. Um, representation is one thing. So what does the, the employee base of the NHS look like? Uh, whether it's around gender, whether it's around race and ethnicity, disability, etc. Um, that is one component. Next would be something like an inclusion survey. So it's an engagement survey, but it's looking at how people feel about the organization and how included they feel, um, and then cross-segmenting that data with the demographics to understand if, say, ethnic minority uh, groups are feeling uh, less included or more included than non-ethnic minorities and so on. Um, and there's other tools that you can use to look at the return on investment. So um, making sure that you're kind of connecting all the dots on your data to understand how the, the impact that uh, your efforts are having on uh, the infamous top and bottom line of an organization, so how, how uh, profitable is the organization, are you reducing costs, etc. Um, but you really need to be holistic about your measurement. It's not just a sort of let's look at the d representation and that's everything. That's one piece of it. Um, it's, it's about more than that. It's about how productive they are, how engaged they are, uh, and how included they feel. I faced rejection by travel companies. For some reason they said, you're blind. You need to bring a caterer. And now for collaboration. We'll hear from Amar Latif, a blind entrepreneur and the founder of Travelize. This is a company set up on the principle of blind and sighted people supporting each other to be able to travel around the world in a safe environment. Amar knows all too well about the importance of collaboration in achieving common goals. And to prove how wrong they were, I, together with many other disabled people, decided to trek across Nicaragua 220 miles. From collaboration is so important. So in the things that we do he here at Travelize, um, we taking fully sighted people from all over the world who have got no experience of blindness, but yet they find themselves halfway across the world. And I think if you take that principle that we've got here and apply it to larger organisations like the NHS, you can begin to f appreciate the benefits that you get when people collaborate with each other. Perhaps you haven't done that before with certain departments, but once you start opening up and, and talking honestly between departments, that's when you really start growing. It is absolutely crucial you know, to communicate and collaborate with people. And the larger the organisation, I mean, you know, the NHS is incredible in its size and you know, what it does, the more important it is for departments to collaborate. I think one of the huge challenges facing organisations as big as the NHS is the level of communication you know, between departments because you know, lots of departments can be doing some great things but if it's not shared across the organisation then you know, I feel that you're not, you're not reaping the full benefits of what people are doing so I think it is very important that there is a channel that goes right across the NHS that you know is very lean and you know information gets to people and I think that is so so important and it can make the NHS very slick. So I've decided to challenge this stereotype about blind solo travel. One of the top tips that I would offer an organisation like the NHS would be 
breaking down the barriers and communicating and collaborating together because working together as one big team is so productive compared to working in separate little departments. I know that you know, with Travel Eyes, we have strangers who come on these trips they've never met before, but they find themselves halfway around the world working in this intimate way. So they're having to, the, the sighted travellers are having to describe what's around them and communicate and guide our blind travellers. And our blind travellers are giving an insight to our sighted travellers about their lives. And it makes our sighted travellers look at their life in a different way and it, it inspires them. Um, and if you take that to an organisational level, I think you can get similar benefits where you start communicating with people that you, you wouldn't normally do and the results will be astounding. I want to show today how more empathic companies make more money. I want to show you how you can start to measure empathy. And finally, innovation. The CEO of the empathy business, Belinda Palmer, talks about how we need to be innovative and forward-thinking by ditching traditional diversity programmes and instead focusing on empathy as a way of improving inclusivity within the workforce. And I want to talk about how you can increase empathy levels through what I call nudges. The thing about empathy is it taps into a sense that we all want to be more empathic. It doesn't create borders and divisions. The problem I have with diversity is it divides people. It gets people to say they belong in one group or the other and empathy talks is for everyone. One of the key drivers of empathy is, is authenticity and that is about being yourself at work. Can you bring the, your whole self? You don't have to have a work face and a home face. And what we know is more authentic and more empathic cultures are much more innovative because if you don't bring your whole self to work, you're losing part of who you are and you're not bringing that to the organisation. So there's a high correlation between empathy, authenticity and innovation. The issue with empathy is most people are empathic, particularly in the NHS where you've got people who go join the NHS because they want to save lives and they want to have a positive impact on people. The problem you have is the bureaucracy, the environment, the style of meetings, they all get in the way of people's empathy. So the first thing the NHS need to do is really start to measure their own empathy levels and be aware. And you can do that by looking at things like the style of meetings, um, how much the percentage of time senior people versus junior people speak in meetings. You can look at more innovative ways of measurement. Prior to this year's conference, I wrote a blog called The Virtuous Circle, exploring the connectivity between diversity, innovation and collaboration. The ideas and concepts put forward by our keynote speakers at the conference, showcased in this podcast, have confirmed for me the critical relationship between them. Collaborative working is the way forward for health and social care. This will inevitably lead to greater innovation and creativity. But none of this will work unless we ensure the involvement of diverse groups and we allow different voices to contribute. I've been Paul Deemer. Thank you for listening. Oh.